fucking deep. I like it. These guys are jerks. Fucking deep. Bless you, boys. Young men expressing themselves. Unbelievable. Fucking deep. Put it in deep. You know, getting pucks deep, putting the puck deep. Put pucks in deep. You can never go wrong with getting pucks in deep. Just put the puck deep. Getting pucks out. Getting pucks deep. Pucks in deep. Pucks in deep. Pucks deep. Pucks deep. Keep getting pucks deep. Put it in deep. Mike Ross here, public address announcer for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're listening to the Pucks in Deep podcast with Adam Lesko and Josh Coleman. Thanks, Mike. Welcome back, everyone. That's right, we're back. We're alive. Pucks in Deep. Episode 104. Josh Coleman, Adam Lesko. How you doing, Lesko? Welcome back, my friend. Doing good, bud. I hate the rain, but I'm doing good. Yeah, Winter, but... Winter's almost over, yeah, so but, I'm starting to have a little bit of, like, spring vibes from the warm weather. I hear you, but doesn't the rain get rid of the snow as well? Or, or are you a... You want the snow kicking around? I don't mind the snow for now. It is the middle of winter. Yeah. I'm just happy because it makes it a little easier to remove some of the shit that's been building up around the stairs and the steps and stuff like that. Like, if you don't get after it right away, it turns into that cruddy stuff. And today was a glorious day. I was able to hack away at it with the shovel. Yeah, seven degrees in the Ottawa Valley here today. Unbelievable. Yeah, beautiful day here in Pembroke, Ontario. And, of course, you know, I got to shovel off those stairways, uh, Lesko, to protect the well-being of my seven-month pregnant fiance. There you go. Very important. Very important. She'd probably be upset if you did not shovel or salt the steps. Well, she's already been upset with me for two weeks. <laughs> you say you had a backlog. I had a backlog. You know, I said, well, I'm just waiting for the warmer weather. That's all. Waiting for the warmer weather. Welcome back, everyone. It's going to be a fun show. We've been off for too long, to be honest with you. Too many major storylines have come and gone but to be honest bro it's like this is what the leafs do to you this, this is what the this leafs apathy do period right because me as a diehard hockey fan as i'm not watching them play columbus even though they hadn't played two weeks i was like ah eh. I'll, I'll coast in and out but i'll i'll see what's happening <laughs> i'll cruise right? through yeah i'll cruise through but i'm not i'm not staying and Matthew's not playing either, so that's obviously... Uh, yeah, that's a big bummer. Yeah, it's a bummer. There's no doubt but about that, it. But this is that mid-season lull. This is where it really feels like the season is too fucking long. Yeah, so uh, I would agree with you. But at the same time, I would say the noise around the trade deadline coming up is also kind of exciting too. Like, it, it does help... It does kind really of, back in. It, it, well, yeah, it helps kind of like divide the season you've got the first half of the season where everyone's initially they're gonna they're staking their claim to whether they're you know pretenders or contenders whether it be for cups or playoffs what what have you and then we have the middle of the season we go on break we christmas all-star everyone gets their bye week everyone's kind of chilling we kind of know who the real players are and then after that you're so right there's like a one or two week period i don't think it's any longer than that it's a one or two week period where you're like, oh my god, this is kind of boring. Like, like what's <laughs> going on here? And you know, even myself, I, I'm, I'm, 
I don't know. I, I still watch, right? Like mm-hmm. I do. I still, I told you this before. I think last time we had a show or two shows ago, I told you like, I said I was out, you know, <laughs> I said, <laughs> I didn't say I was out like, oh, I'm not sure for the team anymore, but I said I was out. Um, wake me up when the second round comes, you know, and it's just like, as soon as the puck dropped again, I, there I am. Like I'm right back in. I watch every game. Um, I don't know. I feel like I've got a good handle on it, but I recently, over the last couple of days to a week or so, let's go. I've kind of been falling back into the "Wow, we're just gonna lose anyway" uh, <laughs> type type of mentality. Guys are like, "What if we pick up Meyer?" You know, there's talk around Patrick Kane. I want to get to that later on in the show. I think you're gonna have to talk me off the ledge on that one. <laughs> but like, you, you know, it, all these conversations surrounding all these different players. And I'm kind of like, I don't know. I don't care. Like, I don't care who comes in. Is, is it really going to help? We've already done this a bunch of times. <laughs> what else is going to have to happen for it to, to work for us? You know, Tampa in round one, that's what makes it also a little bit more that, boring. The playoff matchups, the way they're currently constructed. Yeah, having it, having it made up now, uh, you know, determined in January 1st, and you know who you're playing. Even earlier um, than then, really. Yeah, it's such an interesting situation with how dominant once again, Tampa, Toronto, Boston are, and as well, we're seeing in the, um, we're starting to see it in the Atlantic as well with New Jersey, in the Metro. New York, sorry, the Metro, uh, New Jersey, New York, and help me here. Islanders? No, there's one more. Washington? That's running away with it Carolina. right now. Carolina. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's other, how forgettable they are for such a great team. Yeah, but eh? Dude, the other two that I gave you were like, those are, those are playoff bubble teams. I thought, Correct. I thought, sorry, I kind of thought that's where you were going. Like the, the race is on, mm. um, in, you know, amongst those teams in the Metro and you're right. Uh, Carolina does kind of get left behind a little bit. And I think I was talking to someone just the other night about this because I have Freddie, uh, in my, in my fantasy pool and he's a great, asset on my fantasy team but then sometimes it's like oh he lets in two goals but they only got 19 shots against and it's like the two goals he let in maybe they weren't even his fault at all but he they still only gave up 19 like come on guys let them let them shoot on him a little (laughs) bit more you know that doesn't really that doesn't really help me usually teams want that those shots yeah well because carol exactly carolina is such a good defensive team that their overall shot suppression is off the charts but then they you know it's hockey Bad bounces happen, an unlucky goal goes in, or a, a guy gets a chip off the glass, and he's in all alone on a breakaway, and he scores. Like That's tough to be blaming on the goaltender, but then you look at the board, the guy you're shooting against has 38 saves tonight and only let in one, and Freddie's had 17 saves, and he's let in two already. Like I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird one, but his record is fantastic since returning from injury. Yeah, I think uh, it'll be interesting to look back at who I – rhymed off a couple episodes ago in terms of playoff teams because I was oh, very yeah. confident in those picks and they're starting to look pretty good. Um, and I think that maybe what takes a little bit of the interest out. I guess where I'm going with this, we're not the only ones, I guess, to get a little apathetic or at least this year because there was a story out, I guess, a week or two ago now that the um, NHL national TV ratings are down 22% in the United States. And there's a lot of interesting conversations that come from this but right. i guess just on the surface like what why do you think that is i guess beyond the obvious thing is that i think with covid being another year behind us and that's using that in the most figurative sense possible um 
less people are just sitting around with nothing to do watching TV, I think, is, is one thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know this to be a fact, okay? This is just hearsay from, well, I'll, I'll you know, friend of the show. Friend of the show, uh, James Duthie. Um, he was on Overdrive with the boys. I guess it was last week when that article had dropped, and he had some interesting uh, comments on it pertaining to the industry's ability to accurately get the results, like right. to, to, accurate, to accurately to actually know how calculate. many people are watching it. Yeah, because like he he made a good point. He said um, the McDavid World Juniors had one of the highest rated. Um, you know, it was one of the higher ratings for the mm-hmm. world, for the World Junior Championship. He said, "By I would bet my whole life savings that this one with Bedard had just as many, if not more, eyes on it." Now, we're t- I guess we're talking about Canadian ratings. Mm-hmm. I know you specifically referenced the U.S., but I'm talking about generally, like mm-hmm. the the way that the media or however they get these uh, results. Well, it's the Nielsen ratings are what really counts, right? It's that that. Uh, the number, the numbers that they gauge from that are what you sell advertising with. Like you cite that as your like our show grabs this rating and we average this many viewers, so on and so forth. Right. And my understanding is, and it could be a bit dated, that they've had a difficult time capturing and selling streaming right uh, numbers as a, uh, I guess as a, a, a leverage point. Yeah, and 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 that's exactly what Duthie was alluding to. It was like. He said, do I think there were less eyeballs on the game? He said, absolutely not. I would bet that there were more. But you've got the handheld on the mobile. Mm-hmm. I can watch it like on my Xbox. Uh, I can watch it on a Google display or something. Like, There's all kinds of different ways to consume the product now. It's, it's, it's not as simple as saying, oh, we're down 22%. Mm-hmm. Because you might be down 22% over here, mm-hmm. but you might be up... 264%. Yeah, and obviously over here. that's referring to the ratings they get, the official, you know, Nielsen ratings in terms of uh, traditional, I assume, cable viewership. I don't even know what that is. I think it's such a, I think it's such a problem and, and you know, we'll harp on this till they get rid of them, but I think blackouts is a huge factor and especially if you're trying to engage like a casual viewer because I think there's there's two parts to the problem. One part problem um, being a lot of people don't have cable. They're cord cutters. I haven't had traditional cable for several years now. So you're less likely to be like, oh, hockey game's on. Turn it on because right. you, you, you know, don't you're have subscribed it. to Netflix, something yeah. not live, some non-live form of television. Right. Uh, so you're missing that. So you really got to, I guess, your cost of acquisition is probably higher because people aren't just getting served up your channel as your content anymore. You need people to actually Seek, seek out, out yeah. and subscribe to your, to your shit. Um I think the uh, the other part of that though is they they haven't quite figured out the business yet. I don't think they've figured out and this goes to the NHL and the broadcasters about how to I guess execute those things. Like and Blackwood's a perfect example of that. They need to move away from that. It doesn't make any sense. You're just losing you're costing yourself views. Yes, you are right? costing yourself views. Absolutely. But what you are doing though, and I think the NHL, again, this is just my opinion here. I have no data to back this up. But I feel like the NHL, to date, has been resting on their laurels where so many diehard hockey fans, like myself, would just pay them for the NHL centerized package every year. And they had a large enough amount of revenue coming in from that to say, we don't give a fuck about all these other people complaining about blackouts. If you're complaining about blackouts, 
get the center ice package, mm-hmm. no more blackouts. Yeah, because it's true. I can watch every single game anytime. Any, not any place, though. I've complained to you lots on this show. Apparently, that's still an issue, down, especially down in the States, is regional blackouts being a huge issue, even through the streaming services. So you got to think about... Wait, you, you know, mean like you can't get the game anywhere? Right, like you, you can't get right. it locally or on your package or like, whatever? Yeah, so people are ha- complaining a lot about this in the United States. Oh, that interesting. they're not ha- getting access. Now. I think I saw a post that somebody said, like, I'm eight hours from Denver, and I'm blacked out of a Colorado game right now. You know, it just it seems inexplicable right yeah but the other thing you got to remember lesko and this i i think this is a point that a lot of people don't consider gone are the days where you can press guide and i don't care if it's a satellite dish or cable or streaming gone are the days where you can press guide and only see the channels that are you are subscribed to and that are available to you Mm -hmm. Now you turn them on and you got to filter through what you're subscribed to and what's right. HD and what's local and what's whatever. We're getting we're getting to see channels with our eyeballs that were never really sh- meant for us anyway. Mm-hmm. It is a local feed. It's the local Pittsburgh feed. We didn't mean for you to be able to see this on your channel listing because you can't select you can't select it. Mm-hmm. Even if you purchased this channel, you would not be able to select it. Therefore, it shouldn't even be available because then we wouldn't be complaining about the Colorado game. The only way you would get the Colorado game is if you had the package. Because mm-hmm. if you're eight hours away from Colorado, I don't know. I don't think that that generally uh, necessarily means that you should get every Colorado game because you're eight hours away. Do you? Like, if yeah. there was a well, team, I think you should get everything. That's the thing. I think you should. Get oh, everything. oh no, no, I <laughs> right? no, no, I agree, I agree with you there, Lesko. I just mean like the rules as they are today. Yeah. Like with the with the regional blackout rules, they still don't make any sense to me mm-hmm. because if they were going to black me out of a game, it should be Ottawa, right? Because they should be saying to me, "Hey, go to the game." I guess so. <laughs> or buy. That this. sounds like something Harold Ballard would want. No, no, but <laughs> black out the game so people will buy tickets. Or Eugene, Eugene right? Well, the two of them, yeah, that idea. hand in hand, but like. Maybe not so much like black me out locally and force me to go to the games, but maybe urge me to go to the games. But also I have to like maybe I should have to buy Sens TV because I'm in the Ottawa region. So I'll buy Sens TV. But that's even going back to the way it was in the 2000s. You have to buy Leafs TV to watch five fucking games. Yeah. Make sure you didn't miss those games. Yeah. But if Leafs TV or Sens TV or Oilers TV or whatever it is, if they had awesome content, plus game access, I would be pumped. Like, mm-hmm. let's say Leafs TV came out and what it was was at if the if puck drop was at 7, let's say the Leafs TV broadcast would start at 6. Have and like that, a huge pregame. A huge pregame. And, and at 6.30, we'd, you'd go right onto the ice with the players. And mm-hmm. one of those guys dressed up in a fucking white ghillie suit skates around with a floating camera like we saw at the – was it the World Juniors, World Juniors, eh? Juniors. yeah. That, that was, was interesting. I, the NHL's got to get on that. I actually really enjoyed that when they're right up there with the cellies. I and, said to Kirsten, I'm like, look at this guy. I'm like, look at this guy. He's wearing like, – looks like he's wearing like a swimming – Almost like a swimsuit. Like, looks like what? a hazmat suit. Yeah, but one guy had it was skinny. Like he looked like a speed skater. Like they vacuum sealed him. <laughs> yeah, like he looked like Michael Phelps just popped out of the water wearing a full onesie, <laughs> all white, and he's floating around with the camera. It was so funny. Oh man, World Juniors though. How about that? I guess we shouldn't really just gloss over it. Great tournament, man. Yes, actually, an I, d- I don't even remember what happened. It's two months ago. <laughs> Please forgive me. I I know well, that, Canada won. Yeah, thank you, you very much. Beat yeah. the United States. It was a great game too. Um, 
Their offense really seemed to come alive. Uh, Connor Bedard, absolute showstopper, worth the price admission. Dude, great first um, look at him. I know, I know, like other people, it's not first look for. But everyone. I think for, for me, the, it was for first the. Look. Probably general hockey fan, probably yeah. the first time they'd seen him play. And, and Consistently, wow. a few games. You I know? mean, that OT goal was like, we'll be seeing that for the rest oh, of our lives. Oh, so good, bro. It was incredible. Literally uh, brought me out of my seat. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and the, the, let's say this, Hockey Canada needed that. Yeah, you're right. Right? It was so weird, too. Like, none of the big sponsors. A lot of board ads for, like, Newfoundland tourism and shit yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Czechia, though. What an impressive hockey team there. If, if anything's going to tell the story about maybe, um, I don't know, some equality on the international stage as far as hockey goes, they were an unbelievable team and played tough physical hockey. And actually, the, what I found out, too, is three-quarters of their players play in North America, and it was really reflected in their game. Oh, well, well there you go, then. That's not, you know, the reason, but that would be a, a driving reason, right? Because one thing that we have seen over the years is it, the game is tending to be played a little bit a little bit softer, let's say, yep. for lack of a better term, um, over the uh, over the Atlantic Ocean on the other side of the pond, as they say. But yeah, Czechia, I kind of feel like not not necessarily the way that they play, but just the noise that they're making. Mm. They're like Finland when Finland was starting to to bust through. Yeah, like say like the late nineties for Finland or the early two thousands. Yeah, I'd say yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah, early thousands or so. Like uh, Canada was dominating, but I remember being like, man. You know, Finland always has this great team. They can never seem to win, but they're always so good. It's I almost felt bad for them being unable to to get, you know, over that hump. And you look at, you know, I don't know what the size of Finland is, whatever, 9 million or something like that total, mm-hmm. you know, and they pump out all these hockey stars like crazy. What a know? great tournament, though, like entertainment-wise. Like, I like... That it wasn't kind of steamrolling everybody. Oh, same here. You know the drama, them losing that game to Czechia was like, okay, like this mm-hmm. is going to be this is going to be interesting to watch, and it really was. I was, it was. I was definitely impressed. And Halifax can't say enough good about the crowd there. They were unbelievable and looked like a lot of fun. Dude, the games. I know this is stupid from a business perspective, but the games need to be played in those arenas. Yeah, I, I, I those don't smaller like. Junior hockey or even what it's an AHL barn, I think, out the there. The barns, you know, five oh, grand tops. It's it's outstanding. Maybe 10 grand tops. I don't know. Keep it small, man. No more. And I know Tavera's, you know, against the USA back in 09 or whatever. Well, I don't even, yeah, 09 mm-hmm. um, in Ottawa. It's great. There's like 18, 19,000 people there going crazy. Yeah. I know it's awesome. For the Canada games, though. So even uh, they were selling out games like, Two European teams out there in Halifax. Yeah, which I'm sure you're not doing that in Ottawa or Toronto. No, of course not. But you would still get at least what Halifax put Perhaps, in or yeah. more. So you're still you're still technically limiting yourself, regardless of who plays. It's a good point you make, but overall, the business model is going to be get everyone to pay this money. We want eighteen thousand five hundred people to pay the money, not yeah. not seven thousand. But the oh man, the product is just, it's better. Yeah, It's better in the smaller barns. That's, yep. that's all there is to it. Especially for the viewers at home, like the pop on that Bedard goal was yeah. phenomenal. I'll throw some Bedard stats at you here. Okay. Um, how, how dominant he actually was here. So these are the five, 5v5 microstats per game ranks. So points he was first, goals he was first, expected goals first, pri- expected primary assist first, expected points first, chances first. 
chance contributions first, shot pass, sorry, slot passes first, controlled zone entries first, ozone puck retrievals first. Holy. Shot second, assist second, chance assists. No idea what that even means. Second, shot assist. Chance third. assist? Yeah. So he set up a chance. Right, and I guess somebody scored off it, but he didn't get a direct assist. Mm. That would be my guess. No, I think it's just a chance that did not counter. Like it did not, or sorry, oh, right. a chance like that did not count. Like you set up a scoring chance. I set yeah. you up that and, makes you more sense. and you missed. I set you up and you missed. Listen to these stats nerds Which go is actually, it. yeah, but that's actually, I like that stat. I like that stat. Better man. than expected stat. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it selfishly. It's something that has quality that's worth tracking. Yeah, it is because way. I'll think of it like myself, okay, selfishly. I'm a playmaker by nature okay. in hockey, right? And even when we play Tuesday night hockey, you were out last night. It was great to see you out there wheeling and, de- wheeling and dealing. You and I had a good battle there at open ice. I feel old out there. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, I like that stat because even me at Tuesday Night Hockey, I'll set someone up and it was a beauty setup. Like I set him up and it was a perfect chance and you should have buried, but you didn't. When I'm going back to the bench, I'm like, oh, you know, I still got it. That was a nice little feed. Yeah. Like it was a nice little feed. And in the, in the olden day, no one gave a fuck about that nice little feed. Maybe a scout in the crowd wrote it down. Right. You so, know? You know? Yeah, exactly. But and now they actually track it's interesting it. interesting that there is something to quantify that impact because in the game where he had zero goals, zero assists, I guess these micro stats will tell you something about yeah. how you played, even if you're playing against a superior opponent and you know got outshot 40 to 10. It's mm-hmm. like, what can you extrapolate from what this guy did that was any good? Exactly. You might have a, zero, a Sam Mitchell stat line, zero, 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 <laughs> zero, zero, and you go, he played 18 minutes and he had four minutes of power play time and he didn't even get a shot on goal. But you're thinking, no, if you look at these underlying stats, there were six occasions in the game where the team probably could have or maybe even should have scored Mm -hmm. because of something that he did but we have no idea it doesn't show up on anything so it's nice to track it it. I'd like to see something like that on Patrick Kane oh yeah because everyone's on him right about the injury and the hip and and he says it's overblown and I agree with him 100% Um, I don't watch every Chicago Blackhawks game but I have Patrick Kane in my lineup on my fantasy team um, it has not been great for the season. I've been wanting to drop him almost every week, and I ha- I cannot do that because I imagine he's going to get traded. But right now, it's like I'm driving a boat in the ocean, and it's just like, and I look down, and Patrick Kane is dragging along the bottom of the ocean like an anchor. So you're praying for a trade. I'm praying for a trade, but that whole little spiel was about the injury because he had said... The hip injury is overblown. I don't even really know how it happened. And right. I know players give you a lot of lip music, but I actually believe him there because since he's on my team, I do tend to flip on the Chicago games. When you think he doesn't really care about like he's bolstering his own value for the club by saying like, oh yeah, I'm fine. Like it's not a big deal. Cause it was interesting. This kind of came out of nowhere. Nobody really heard anything about it. And then it was being talked about and he had to address it. Right. Yeah. But when I watch him play like the eye test, bro, doesn't look like he's got any hip injury right, right now out there. He's playing over 20 minutes a night. He's he's getting zone entries against Montreal the other night there. Was it last night? Anyway. They got filled in, too. Yeah, but, like, you should have seen him, man. Like, they did the little drop back to him, and he came in. And I know it's Montreal. They're not the greatest team in the world right now. But he just knifed right through, like, three guys, a little stick lift to get the puck back, and then a little no-look backhand pass back to the point to get the power play set up. And I was like, oh, my God, bring this to Toronto. I think the most interesting <laughs> thing about 
Kane is what is the price? Is the price for what he is right now? Because I assume that's what rival GMs would offer. Well, you know, he's having a down year. He's potentially yeah. a little banged up. UFA. You know, hasn't done. You know, he's had a uh, good seasons point-wise, I guess, previous to this, even with Chicago um, being in the basement. Yeah, he was on 96-point pace well, last but year. But what do they want? Is it 96-point pace is the price? Because I assume that that's what they're at least asking. Yeah, but you got to remember, right? Like they're they're dealing from a position of weakness, so. and I assume he's considered a rental, right? Because his contract's up this of year. Of course, he's a right? rental. Yeah. Of course, he's a rental. I mean, hey, do you want to talk to him about resigning? Maybe. Okay, fine. But we we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that later. We're renting the player right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. I mean, the only I, I said to a friend of mine here that I was going to need you to talk me off the Patrick Kane ledge because like there's really no reason to even get excited about it because it's not going to happen. Dubis is not going to make that move even though I think he should. Like right. if this if they're not going to extend you Kyle and you don't have the agreement right here in the drawer that you can just sign and 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 you know we're doing this logistically mm-hmm. so everyone thinks that we're oh you're on thin ice Kyle but meanwhile your contract is already signed and post dated. Yeah. Um, if that's not the case and you literally have no deal and they're going to let you make this move, then you make the move. Similar to the Koskinen signing. Was that Holland? Yeah. Right. And, and then they fired him like the next day. He signed a contract. He gave money away and then they fired him. So if they're going to fire Dubas, if he loses or whatever, then why would he not pull the trigger on something massive? Stop thinking about the future and stop talking about you know, Pridham and your cap guys, like talk to your cap guys, make this work right now. Do a huge fucking bang because then like if we lose again, then I don't know what to say. Like you've, you've done it. You've tried everything. I think he's probably, I think you think about Deuce, he's a long-term planner, right? I know, but he so doesn't have no, a contract. I know, but there's no way I think he just in his nature, he's not going to kneecap the team for his own benefit. If, if you get what I'm saying there, like to be I like, do, I've, but got I to, don't. I've got to go all in because I, 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 my job's on the line and I've got to, you know, but you got to figure too, like you said, I don't think he has maybe the level of autonomy that we think he does. Like Shanahan's got to sign off on any big deal like that. Of course. He must. So it's going to boil down to someone above him ultimately saying yay or nay. And, you know, given what we've seen from the team on ice – yeah, swing for the fences. Like, I guess because we've seen a lot of peripheral deals over the years, and I think it's managed our expectations into thinking, bah, they're going to add you know a third line checker and a great. maybe a, 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 a depth D man. Oh, right? great! That'll I put know, us over which, the top. Which will do nothing for me, and I think for the majority of fans, it will do nothing. Dude, I don't think anybody does anything for me. I think the only player that does anything for me is Patrick Kane, and I think that's like subconsciously, I feel like that's why. I'm even bothering to talk about it. Because, you know, lots of people are talking about it. I'm not going to be the guy that's oh, I'm not even going to talk about Patrick Kane. Not only do I want to talk about Patrick Kane, I want to, like, try and manifest it. You well, know, it's exciting bi- to think about him there, playing, like, trying on to get him here. wing or I know, something, right? I know. I know. I guess Dude, they play tonight. It seems that, and reports are, if reports are correct on this, they're very interested in Timo Meyer. He's probably the best asset out there, but he's probably going to cost you the most. Um I like the idea of Ryan O'Reilly because I like the center depth. I don't like that he's been injured most of the season. But I I decided today someone who I, I would be at least a little bit excited about if they acquired 
is Adam Henrique. Oh, Henrique is nasty. He's and he and the reason why, and I think the Matthews injury recently kind of put this bug in my ear that if Tavares or Matthews goes down, they're in big, yeah, big trouble. Very mid. Like we, we saw him put like Holmberg up there in camp, and then like it. Willie played for a little bit. It's just that would upset things too much. They're so dependent on those two guys that you need someone who can play. I guess we'll call it middle six center. Yeah, yeah. right. Adam Adam Henrique's probably has a productivity of a second line guy. I think he's nineteen goals this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, Plays in all roles too. Which but you is have nice. you have him in third line. He can get a little more offense out of that third yeah. line. He probably doesn't cost you nearly as much. He has a year left on his contract at 5-2, I want to say. Okay. So it's absolutely reasonable. You wouldn't have to do a shitload of caps and anagans to make it work. But I think what dictates that, too, is what's going to happen with Matt Murray and Muzzin. Are they getting LTIR for the year? Muzzin, I wouldn't be surprised if he is. Matt Murray, I have no fucking ideas what's going on. Oh, man, I hope he is. They haven't said... They haven't said shit about him. It's just like he gets shellacked. Was it four goals and eight shots? Yeah. Two of them bad. Two of them not so much. Right. They're playing like shit. You know, all of a sudden he's injured two days later. He was scheduled to start, right? I think it was like a Saturday start. Against Ottawa. Ottawa, correct. Again, yes. which yeah. is which is curious. And then he and then he uh, he's gone, and then he's. We have no idea. Like, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's a thing." And Sheldon was being so like wishy. Why reminds me? It was reminiscent of Freddie Anderson a couple of years yes. ago, and it was like, "What's wrong with Fred?" Oh, it's just an ongoing thing, you know. Yes. And it's just he's skating, but uh, we we're not sure when he's. You know, I'm telling you, dude. That 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 meme that I sent you guys there with uh, the Scooby Doo one. Oh right. It's it's Matt Murray, and then he takes off the the blindfold, and it's actually Freddie, Freddie Anderson. Anderson. <laughs> yeah. It could be. Um, yeah, listen, I just, Henrique, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. You know, I'm here for, I'm here for a lot of things. I think it's going to be interesting, whether it's a, a big ticket name like, uh, Patrick Kane. I think the problem with the Kane deal is there's so many moving parts. Uh, you need a third team to eat salary. What kind of deal do they want from you? Because yeah, you may be in a position of strength dealing with Chicago, especially if Patrick Kane does go to management and pull a Claude Giroux uh, situation right where Claude said trade me to Florida make mm-hmm. it happen yeah and with make the, it happen he's and got a no did. movement clause and Full. it's been rumored that you know New York was his primary destination he let that be known very interesting for him to actually say that yes that he was hoping he would go there and the rumors, but are, the rumors are that the Leafs are a possibility for him too and I got to think that a lot of that has to do with with Matthews the right. prospect of playing with him and what if he pulls the Giroux and says Move me to Toronto. Mm-hmm. So that definitely would bring down the price. I know, but here's but the it's thing. The, it's the cap mechanics that's going to be, like you said, the biggest impediment. But here's the thing that works really well for the Leafs if that is actually the case. And he says, I want to go to Toronto. I know it's difficult, but please, I want to go to Toronto. I brought you cups. I've deserved this mm-hmm. opportunity. Let me go there. So that lowers the asking price for Kane. However, it probably increases the asking price for the third party right. to, to, to retain. To facilitate some, some salary, spread it around. Yeah, sure. All you had to do. they got at my figure, at less than $5 bucks. He's what, making, what, 10 Something like that? 10 five. Ten five. Yeah, so we, they need to get him probably at 5 or less. And that's assuming which they we would, can though. LTIR, Muzzin, Murray, or both. Well, well which, which we would. I, we already have um, three over, just over 3 mil. 
uh, available as it sits right, right now. Okay. So we could make it happen, bro. And I mean, if if Chicago, if we got to give them Kerfoot a, a second and a fourth to, for Kane, but then we need to do Robertson and a first mm-hmm. to you know the the third party. I wonder if I think something like this, uh, a big name like that any of the aforementioned is probably the only thing that's going to move the needle for me in terms of being like, okay, this team is, is going to be different. You know, there's going to be, we're going to win. Well, just a little more firepower and <laughs> we're going to win. But ultimately what it boils down to is like, you know, that one game, that one shot game seven, whatever, we like lose. It, you win, you lose by, by one call, one play, anything. Right. So, and we lose, it won't, it won't matter who they bring in. Because, it won't matter who they bring in, bro. One of those things could happen. It's, so what do you think? I guess just get your overall opinion on the Maple Leafs right now. Are they? Do you look at them differently this year? Do you no. f- feel they're better this year? No. No, I do for one one main reason. Samsonov. Samsonov. Okay, no, Samsonov. Samsonov. I, I take it back. I I'm I am much much more confident uh, on a nightly basis in Samsonov than I ever was with Jack. And I mean no disrespect to Jack. I just personally. You know, I was never really there. Like, oh, well, he appears to be better. Like, I would say objectively speaking, he appears to be better. Yeah, and consistency is key. Yes, of course. Um, so I, I pulled some stats out here. So the Leafs, after 51 games played, five on five stats um, compared comparing this year and last year's team at the same point, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of these things that we've kind of noticed about the team are reflected in the stats: better goaltending, better team defense. Um, so their high danger goals against is down from 1.55 last year to 0.99. Mm. So that's ma- that's a huge swing, right? So there. giving up basically, like, you got to explain that to people like they're five, right? So, so sorry, high high danger giving goals up against. a giving up a really really like a breakaway, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So high danger goals against that means Sammy's making those saves, right? He's making some big saves for us. Uh, one of the other stats I thought was kind of telling uh, as far as following along with the goaltending and uh, uh, defensive narrative is that their goals against per 60, okay, was 2.57 last year at this time. This year it's 2.05. Wow. So much That's a big improvement. Yeah, that's a big improvement. And, and that's what we talked about last year. Half a goal a game. We said the problem with Freddie Anderson, the problem with Jack Campbell is that they didn't make those extra saves for you. It was like, it was like okay, well, this is an obvious score chance it's going in, you know, where – that's the difference maker. That's what makes takes a good goalie or an okay goalie, a nine hundred goalie, and makes yeah, yeah. him a nine fifteen goalie. Well, the other thing I think that really stood out, Lesko, was the nights where those two former Leaf goaltenders that you mentioned, when Freddie and Jack were on, they'd still let in a softy. Right. So they'd make a bunch of unreal saves and let in a softy. And the softy would be three two, we lose. And you're like, you can't blame it on Jack because he made 17 big saves. But why did he have to let in that shitty one? That one. <laughs> and untimely goals. Like they were, yeah, make it 3-1. think back to the playoffs, a lot of untimely goals let in by, uh, by those guys. And I think that makes such a huge difference, especially just for team psyche. Absolutely. Right? When you're like, fuck, we can't let, you know, we can't let shit Or you just guy. scored and then you fucking give one up yes. from 60 feet? Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of nonsense, dude. We've been dealing it with, with it for a long time. And. I know we're we're speaking like we're confident in it, and I feel like I am. But you know, show me, bro. Yeah, much better situation than they have been in recently. 
Um, Austin Matthews, I guess, kind of being load managed here. Did you get that sense? I did. I it, think uh, I, I, I don't really believe that he wanted to miss All-Star. You don't think so? No, I don't. I mean, I think the fact that he ended up missing All-Star was like, oh, nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, nuts. Now I have to go on vacation or something. Right. Um, but I think he's the type of, uh, you know, personality in this league that does get off. He seems on, to enjoy the spotlight. Yeah, on that type yeah. of thing. And obviously Mitch, Mitch going there is great. He's the similar type of guy. He yeah. thrives in that environment, I think, and being the sociable dude he is. Uh, it worked out really nicely, seeing as they didn't play for almost two weeks, it felt like. So Perfect time to didn't heal have, up. Didn't have to miss a lot of games. Probably weren't practicing very much during the All-Star break or anything like that. Well, you don't, right? There's like, well, I guess Captain Skates apparently can happen. Right. It but sounds like, to me like he, he was probably hurt enough that, he, that you know the rest was required. But say they're in a dogfight, he's probably playing through it. If they're in the playoffs, he's probably playing like it doesn't seem like it's anything that serious. And oh yeah, didn't yeah, require yeah. a three-week shutdown. Yeah. Like this almost seemed planned. Like okay, you know what? This is nagging you. We'll shut you down here. We'll give you a few weeks of the All Star. Yeah, that's it. You know, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing him tonight. I am. I, I'm really looking forward to this game tonight, man. There's elements there. Patrick Kane is is is, is playing, and then of course we play them again. I think on Sunday, right in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, bro, if this thing is actually uh, even a remote possibility, like, I hate to say it, but tonight is almost like an audition. It's definitely going to turn the rumor mill a bit. Tonight is like an audition. And I don't mean for Patrick Kane, bro. Like, most people think, oh, Patty Kane's going to come in and try his extra hardest to show off for the Leafs. How about no? How about the Leafs lay a fucking smackdown on the Blackhawks and show Patrick makes Kane him want to go more what he can be right. a part of. Right. You want to be a part of this? Look at the way we move the disc around. Yeah, you want to be a part of that? I know you do. Which puts us in a further position of strength for him to walk in, pull the Claude Giroux, say, "I want you to trade me, and I want it to be to Toronto." Interestingly enough, the starting goaltender for Chicago tonight is slated to be old Petey Mrazek. Oh Jesus! And are we? I read today we are the heaviest favorite on the betting uh, lines yeah. of the whole season at minus 610. I've seen – I saw 550 earlier today, but, yeah, it makes you want to throw five bucks on the Hawks just in case the Leafs laid an egg. I but mean, doesn't They it? just did against Columbus, so you don't th- – I, I can't see that happening again. I, I honestly can't see it happening, and I don't know – I don't really think that this is something that would be said out loud amongst the boys as, like, motivation – but I'm being serious about the whole thing, like auditioning for Patrick Kane. Right. Show show him why he wants to be here. Make him make him want to be there more. Yeah. Like I don't think Matthews and Nylander are going. Oh, hey man, let's uh, let's play our hardest tonight. So Patrick wants. No, but I do think maybe in the back of Matthews' mind, he's like, I'm the best American player in the league right yeah. now, and he's the best American player of all time. Mm-hmm. Arguably, I guess my vote would be for him. But, like, you want to come over and play here, man. I want you to set me up so I can snipe Geno's because he's such a dirty playmaker. It would be such a great match made in heaven, man, and I hate that I'm kind of getting attached to it. I was hoping you'd you'd pour water all I over I can't it. because it's ex- it's an exciting prospect because they haven't really pulled any of those deals in. Ever. The only reason why I don't, the main thing that's preventing me from kind of thinking about it logically is that it's been pretty clear that Dubas is not into rentals, and the last one really burned him, obviously. Nick Foligno, thanks for coming. 
Right. Right. Um, All-Star Game. You watch any? I did not watch one second of it. Neither did I. However, However, I did purchase one of those nasty jerseys. Very nice jerseys. That throwback to the Muppets era. The 94 bad. jerseys, man. Like 99. Those, no, those are the 94 replicas. No, they're like 90, 94. I don't know. All right, you keep talking about pulling. No, I'll anyway, um, I bought a jersey, and I'm I disappointed because I bought, an, did, I bought a get? Matthews. You bought a Matthews, yeah. and then he tapped out of the game. Yeah. But it's okay. Like I mean, it still counts for me. I don't give a shit that he wasn't right. at the game. He, you know, he's an all-star player. So they got some money out of you. You didn't watch, but they got some money out of you. So well, the jerseys are sick, man. Ah, uh, yeah, they're very. They're, I thought they were very cool, and it was a good throwback instead of trying to kind of reinvent it. And I, I liked that they had those classic Western Eastern logos on it instead of just an NHL logo. Like yeah, they used yeah, for yeah. Several years, I think that made it a little more desirable to prospective jersey buying people um there's the 1994 oh it's all blurry there's the 94 oh yeah so they must have used those for a couple years probably yeah oh i'm not I, saying that I you're remember necessarily seeing, wrong i but. remember seeing them for a few years in the 90s but anyway oh, 1994 to 1997 there you go okay yeah 94 so to 97 little off there um i guess the biggest news out of the all-star game all-Star Game weekend was that the All-Star Game will be in Toronto next year. Yay! 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 Let's all not go to Florida or Phoenix or Vegas or Tampa. You know, well, I guess Tampa's Florida, but somewhere Do you think nice. that takes some player appeal away? Of course it you does, so, man. Yeah. Guys are going to be pulling up with hammies like you wouldn't <laughs> believe well, in the middle of January. It's not Winnipeg. <laughs> I, I, it might as well be, bro. Like, what, what are they, they going to do there? I don't like, know. The traffic is terrible. The commuting is bad. Like It'll be interesting to see if Toronto, and I don't know how much flexibility there is with the organization to kind of, I know they come up with all the extras, like the pre-after events and stuff, but I wonder if and, uh, Toronto, and we know they employ some pretty smart content creators and marketing people and stuff, if they can really do something unique to push it, to push up the interest or, or make it memorable, you know? No. Never going to happen. Why was it memorable at one point? I want your honest opinion. If you, I know we were younger. Well, but I think that's, that's what I circle back on all the time is that it's for the kids. No, it's, no, but it used to be like I, I have my reason why. Like I was just trying to ask you, like, what do you think your reason is for years and years ago, like in the 90s? It was, it was good. Why do you think that was? Because I think I know why. I don't know, man. I just thought it was cool to see all the players at once. They and I tried. Thought, I thought they they were a little bit. Dude, yeah. there was some physical. Yeah. There was some physicality. I think East back versus then. West is a good format. Yes. To, to put back into place as far as like a competitiveness. They tried. They but, didn't try their hardest, let's go, but yeah. they did try. There were, and of course, back then there was the hooking and the holding. So mm -hmm. they would kind of water ski for fun. There seemed to be a bit more pride in it back yes, then. Yes, there was. For that. Like if they could put something more on the line, whether it's money or whatever, but I think can. that would drive some player interest. But I, I think they've got to put on a better product. And, and about the skills, like there's a lot of, and I understand this production, content creation and stuff, but there's a lot of filler. There's a lot of gap. There's a lot of nothing happening. Focus on the events that are interesting. Because I remember really being stoked about things like the hardest shot. And that's the accuracy, accuracy. The fastest skater. And I, I think for those skills comps too, and I think I've said it previously, bring whoever out there. Don't just limit it to the all-star group. 
Bring the hardest shooting guys in the league. Yeah, he's a terrible player. Bring the player. fastest skaters yeah, in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like make it. And those guys, you figure you show up, you're you're fourth liner in Arizona, but everyone knows you're fast as hell. They invite you to the skills comp. You're going hard. For I that, we, I've been saying this right? for years as well, man. I don't care if he has six points or sixty points at the All Star break. If he is the fastest skater in the league. Put him in there. Put him in there. Yeah. Or put, if put he's Casper, Karen, Kapanen, and Mikheyev yeah. out there, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. I don't disagree. Yeah. So yeah, like I think, I think two two things or three things. One, East versus West was bigger than this nonsense with three on yep. three, um, and multiple divisions. They actually tried, and they had some pride in in the game. They weren't you know fighting each other or slashing and stuff like that. And big, huge, open ice body checks, but they did try a lot more. Mm-hmm. And number three. I'm f- fucking blanking on my third one right now, but I had a third one as well. But oh, oh, the participation uh, players, like the players that shouldn't right. be at the All Star game. Right? They didn't have that back then. They had all the best. It was just like here's the best squad that we can basically mm-hmm. make from these two conferences. And there was lots of talk back then about oh, I can't believe this guy didn't get invited. Well, that's what happens. You know, mm-hmm. Team Canada has a lot of great players. I'm just that's using right, another yeah. reference. There's going to be guys that get left off. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just don't think that it's possible to to replicate it because you know the speed of the game and the demand on the players bodies i know that there was a big demand on players bodies back in the 90s as well but it's just like it's just so much faster now it's all about stamina and recovery and being able to play at 100 percent health Mm -hmm. um it's just we're never going to get to that point ever again where it is a really exciting game because they can't put anything on the line they can't put home ice in the Stanley Cup on, on the line. They can't put big wads yeah. of cash on the line. And the reason for that is because players aren't going to want, like teams aren't going to want their players to go and get hurt at this thing. Yeah. But I think the cash motivator is, there's something there for sure. I don't even, I don't think they should be playing hockey in my opinion. I think, <laughs> and I know I saw you, you put it in the fucking prep. So right. I want, I want to know where you heard about I, this. I just read, so I read a tweet there during the all-star week and somebody said, you know what? They shouldn't be playing hockey at all. They should be just doing a bunch of random, like competing in a bunch of random activities like dodgeball or, or race and go-karts, stuff like that. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. I thought, Dude, put it, them, it, and that, that could be an, in addition because they, they spend all this money, time and money with doing all this media stuff, content creation. That should be the content. Follow uh, Marner and Ovi and Sid and uh, McDavid play around a golf against each other. Yeah, okay? man. Give me a bunch of the guys racing on a go-kart track, doing a bunch of different like different shit. Dude, 100%. So this is like almost verbatim. The, the idea that I had with my buddy, I was saying, listen, I don't even think they should be playing hockey. I'd like to see them. Like I'd rather throw on the TV and watch – a, a small mini tournament between eight players or something of ping pong. Right. Games to seven. No fucking around. We're just playing ping pong. It's a little tournament. Mitchie's representing the, the Atlantic division because everyone voted him as the best ping pong player of the right. group or whatever. You know, ping pong, pickleball. Well, and throw them stuff they're not, that, they're not the best at either. Yeah, maybe. Right? Yeah, it should be interesting to see like – you know how how their skills would come out, but golf I, is I a think good that one would too. be great for for extra content. I I think the game should be a game too, like this little mini tournament with the divisions. Like you you say you tune in halfway through, you just throw it on. What's going on? It's been going on all day. You don't know who's won what. No, what's going on? You have no engagement. You turn on one game, it's one game. Yeah, you watch the game. That's it. Which is uh, that's another great like, reason I think it's why viewer friendly format. It I was guess. better back then mm-hmm. because of all those things we said. Now add that into the into the pot. Mm-hmm. It was just one game. It was skills comp 
tonight, game tomorrow. Yeah. And I remember back then, too, there was a lot more of, like, while the game was going on, they would have the players mic'd up or they would have a, a guy right there on the bench basically interviewing one of the players. He would sit right next to him on the bench mm. and interview him. Like, that stuff was fun. I'm down for that. But you, like you said, it was one game. They had their little intermissions and stuff. But it was easier for us to kind of commit to mm-hmm. as opposed to, like you said, maybe tuning in and out multiple times and not knowing not really, knowing really what's what the going hell's on. going on. Yeah. Yeah. The three-on-three, three, while it makes for some flashy plays and a lot of goals, is also kind of slow. Like, it's a lot of skating for those guys. It right? is. So I think, it. you know, I, I know they want to showcase all the skills and let them give them space to do fancy shit. I'm sure they would find ways to do that in five-on-five. Five. They do it in actual hockey games, right? Yeah, absolutely. The golf thing I thought was neat with the, like, shooting the pucks or whatever. Yeah. But in... You know, in my opinion, as a golfer and a fan of golf, like not everybody's the same, but I I would have loved instead of shooting the puck around, why not just why not give them, them golf clubs? Yeah. Why not just give them golf clubs and say we're playing one hole? Like because it, it was yeah. very quick. It was pre-taped, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but you could pre-tape that and you could play a small three-hole uh, series, little challenge, a little yeah. scramble. You know, uh, like you said, McDavid and uh, Crosby against uh, Marner and Ovechkin uh, in a two-man scramble. You pre-tape it. It's literally eight minutes mm-hmm. of of footage, and I would be like locked into all eight of those minutes as a big golf fan. Yeah, I think so. Once you really start, once you start doing a few other things, you know, you get the like you said the the. Go-karts would be pretty dope. I don't know. Maybe get injured. I guess we'll have to talk about that. Like even like paintball. Yeah, whatever. Or something just small like that. Something. Like, have them play Call of Duty against each other. Like, yeah. I don't care. Have them all. Every event is like worth a, a few points each. Sure. And then the game's worth like 10 points or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, East versus West, whoever wins. That would be cool, man, because it, it's it's so stale and it's really unfortunate because the NHL is a good is a good league. It's an exciting league. It's gaining new fans every day. I really don't think it's it's losing fans. I know I think, people are like, oh, the NHL's terrible. They lost my viewership. Like, guy or gal, people are joining uh, at, at tenfold, you know, yeah, when they I first think, see it for the first time. I think what it is a lot of the time is where it draws comparisons to the other leagues, kind of leaving them in the dust over the last 30 years. That's where I think the the point stems from. So let's talk about something people actually, actually watch, and that's the Super Bowl. Oh, the Super Bowl, yes. Um, Hell of a football game. I don't even like football at all. You know, It's the I, only game I watched all year, and actually I think I tuned out for a bit after Rihanna. I'm, uh, so I'm the same. As you and my viewer, our viewers know, my opinion on football is not great. I have a bad take <laughs> on football. I dislike football a lot. Um, I know I'm in the minority there, but I just, I just cannot get on board. I understand the rules, okay? Uh, I do enjoy watching the Super Bowl for you know the the great action because it often will be a, a fucking great game. It can be an epic great game, and I don't care what sport it is, whether I like it or not. I'm down for epic live sports. Yeah. Okay. Anything you want to throw darts, and that's what makes it special. That's yeah. It. Yeah. So I'm ready for it, you know. And it's just, bro, like I, the whole buddy going down on a knee at the one yard line. Because they want to run the clock out. Because clock management is huge Mm -hmm. in football. And I get that. I'm not a fucking noob. I understand that. But that doesn't mean that I have to like it. Yeah. Because I think it's so dumb. My example was, if you took a fucking... If you took an alien down 
Actually, Boomer Gordon always says this on uh, on the point, and I love the point he makes. If you took an alien down and showed him football for a game or two, and that play never happened, he would understand. Okay, I see. You got to take the ball and like throw. He wouldn't know all the rules, but he would get the under the point. Mm-hmm. The point is to take the ball and get it in there. Mm-hmm. And if you can't take the ball and get it in there, you're allowed to kick it mm-hmm. through the uprights, but it's less points. So he or she would understand, oh, that's or it, would understand that's what's going on. I'm an alien. I have no idea what you're doing here. Then he would see that play and be totally fucked. Why would you not score six points now but wait around and score fewer points in a minute? Like it just – it doesn't even make sense. It, you'd see it and just be like, why are they allowed to do that? <laughs> I guess, yeah, but I mean, it, it makes sense because that's the rule of football, and I get it. And it is, um, like, the big fans of football will say, like, that's the beauty. That's the beauty of football is is clock management, making smart plays like that, taking knees, icing kickers, that type of thing that the casual fan looks at and goes, what the fuck is going on? The hardcore fan is like, oh, my God, what a smart play. Like, And it was. It was a smart play. But I just I it feel made for an anticlimactic ending. Yeah, very and especially much. with that that call that everyone was up in arms about, which interestingly enough, Buddy admitted was a uh, was a a good call. He's like I held him or whatever, and uh, but he I, I feel like he just didn't want to uh, be perceived as a sore loser, or a whiny baby. You well, know he I mean? gets fined, Cause, I guess. Because I right? think it's definitely a situation where you're like, you're really gonna call that now, kind of thing. Shit that happens twenty times a game, and yeah. at that kind of moment, but well, kind of like I don't uh, watch enough football to, I guess, really comment on that. But is that kind of like the pick play that yeah, yeah. Hall got similar. Hall got when uh, Tavares scored, and it was the best goal of our lives in yeah, Game Seven. Something like they took it away. You're from like, us. really, you calling that right now? <laughs> That's what yeah. we're calling. It's definitely a weird situation. Um, halftime show though, Rihanna. Eh. Are you a Rihanna fan? I mean, I am. Yeah, like she, I. She's got some bangers. When I heard she was playing, I my wife and I went through like a playlist and we're like, I didn't realize that. Bangers. Nothing but bangers. Nothing but bangers. Tons of them. Yeah. Like even after a show, there was like, oh, what about this? What about that? Oh, yeah. They, right? she, she left a couple of uh, Disturbia was off. Yeah. was one of the good ones too. Ponder Replay. Yeah, Ponder Replay. Anyway, um, you know, she's taking a lot of flack for lip syncing, <laughs> which she 100% did. And I think it's very common. And I think it's very common. And I think it's very fair because – She's a pregnant woman on a fucking platform yeah. 80 feet in the air. The fact that she's performing at all was – the stage was really cool. I like that. It was, and, But I guess the only complaint I'd have is that it's it was very simple. It was less of a spectacle. Obviously, she's pregnant. She wasn't flying around, dancing around, doing yeah. anything crazy. Yeah. Um, I guess compared to what we're used to seeing, like you think back to like – the weekend and Lady Gaga and Dre and those guys last last year it was right. like such a, a crazy spectacle, spectacle yeah. right? Like and this was very simple and it was just kind of mash up and get as many of her hits as they could and as possible. Well, it was almost like a bit of a uh, a welcoming back, yeah, because it had been some years since. It was Rihanna time. I don't think she had performed since 2017, and I don't think she's put out an album since. I don't know, 10 years? Well, she's putting something out soon. You got to figure. She looked good up there, I'll tell you. Oh, yeah. I had a good laugh at that meme. Somebody 
a lot of pictures of her when they first showed her face and she had this like oh yeah this glare in her yeah, eyes yeah, yeah. right and the best one I saw was like a it was beside a picture of a guy reacting like pointing to himself like you looking at me <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed one of them was uh, someone took the overall screenshot of like when the platforms were all oh, yeah. floating and they they put a bunch of Super Smash Bros. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. That one was really good because it really did look like a game of Super Smash Bros. <laughs> with all the floating <laughs> platforms. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm not going to give her flack. We had a big argument in one of our group chats uh, as to whether she was lip syncing or not. And I was like, boys, like... <laughs> it was the most probably the chance most she's doing at least thing. like a portion of, of it is lip sync. You got to think. Like, of course. I mean, uh, and almost every time. Listen, there's there might be one or two people on this planet that would be able to deliver pitch perfect sound mm-hmm. in a venue of that magnitude. Yeah. Lady Gaga. I was actually <laughs> thinking of Lady Gaga. To be completely honest with you, I was. I was also possibly thinking of Adele. Ah. Um, but you know, again, it's, it's just, it's so reliant upon acoustics and, and the sound team and stuff. It's, it's not like her mic wasn't working. Let's go. Like her mic was working. Mm. She was very audible at certain points during the performance, but for probably 85 to 90% of the performance, she was just, you know, mouthing along. And I got no problem with that. Uh, she probably out of breath half the damn time too. Right. I got like, no problem with that. I mean, yeah. It's, it's really about the. I don't know the product. Like I'm, I'm not there sitting there criticizing if she sung or how much she sung or whatever. It's just I'm there for the show. Yeah, listen. I was know I entertained? I, yes. Yeah, I was entertained. <laughs> right? I didn't think it was super fantastic. I, I, I tend to build it up a little bit more. I think like most people do. It's the Super Bowl halftime show. I thought it was interesting that this year it was the Apple halftime Super Bowl right, show. It's been Pepsi, it's been Pepsi for forever. Years, yeah. yeah. So I thought that was interesting, but it, it's such a big deal. I'm glad you brought up the weekend because. I one of one of my favorite performances was his. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was really good. Yeah. The usage of like the whole field from yeah. one end to the other. Those all the dancers, and multiple levels, as hell. the mirrors, yeah, and he was kind of. Yeah. It was really good. They did a really really good job yeah. on on that one. I know he takes a lot of flack again. People love to hate. It was on like a, it was our like Canadians. A, it was like a music video, but a concert. Yes. Uh, yeah, you're 100 percent right. It seems like they really bridge the gap between like a performance in the stadium and a performance for people at home, something everyone could enjoy and, and be effective in both those. But you know what would be pretty sweet, dude, is if you were at, if you performed at the Super Bowl halftime and you're obviously a huge, you know, recording artist, it would be awesome if you were working on either a new song or maybe working on a, a like a an official music like video. Something. An official music video. Oh, right. You could, you wouldn't have to, you wouldn't have time to play the whole song, but you could get like a really sweet 12 to 45 second clip to get in there for your music video of you performing at the Super Bowl. That would be pretty cool. So, with these conversations about ratings and and all that with uh, the NHL, and then I referenced something that people actually watch. I was kind of interested because I heard on the radio the other day that I think it was eight eight point six million viewers in Canada uh, in Canada wow. alone okay. for the Super Bowl. Okay, so that is higher than any NHL game ever, except for one NHL game okay? in Canadian history. So I looked up a list: top ten, top twenty, or whatever it was, most watched TV broadcasts in Canadian history. So 
one to eight, I believe it is, are from the 2010 Olympics, Canada hockey games. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, the or sorry, one to seven. The eighth is the NHL game I'm referencing. One to seven. Yes. Are 2010. 2010 Olympics. Seven. Hockey so games. seven different the first, games. The first. Yeah. The first um, seven entries on this list are wow. All Canada hockey games. I think they're and women's and men's. I believe are in there. Okay. 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 Yep. So. Number eight is an NHL hockey game, and I think it's nine and ten are Super Bowls. And if you go down to the 20s, there's one other NHL hockey game, the rest of them being largely Super Bowls. Okay. Are you triviaing me right I'm now? I'm triviaing you. So oh. what is the hockey game that is the eighth most watched broadcast of all time in Canadian history? I have two that come to mind immediately. I don't think either of them are right, but... I'm going to pick the one that I want it to be, even though I don't think that this is the correct answer. I want it to be Mario Lemieux's return. No. Okay, then my other guess will be Wayne Gretzky's last game. No. How are, is it neither of those? I know, right? So it is the Vancouver-Boston Game 7 Stanley Cup final. Oh, that is a good guess. Yeah, well, if you think about it, 2011. A, a Canadian team in the finals... That's pretty huge. So it is the only NHL game in the top 10 of most viewed, I guess, or biggest broadcasts in Canadian history. So I thought wow. that was interesting. And if you take a look at that list in the NHL and in a country where hockey is the most popular sport and you're constantly being outdone by football, it might be something worth considering. Yeah, true. That's very true. Um, okay, geez. I thought, listen, I, I thought – the answer was going to be Gretzky's retirement. That's why I didn't say it because mm. I kind of wanted to give Mario. I love Mario. You know, I've loved Mario like my whole life, you mm. know, and I don't think that those are terrible guesses. Yeah. Surprisingly, or maybe not surprised I guess, cause it's maybe it's more accessible to watch games, but uh, the majority of the entries on that list were from the last 13 years. Oh, that's a good point, dude. Like, of course, it couldn't have been Gretzky's last game. We wouldn't have been. We wouldn't have had it. It was in the 90s, right? And it would have been unless they went national because right. of that. Fact. Yeah, and it would probably was a lot harder to watch. Right, and right? and 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 the the reason why one of the reasons why I did like guess the Mario one was because his return was against the Leafs. It was yeah. on a Saturday night. Mm -hmm. Like it was a big. It was a big deal. Everyone in Canada had access to watch that game if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. So I did kind of feel like that would have been high on the list. I wonder where it would sit, but actually it got me remembering to that game, man. What a what a what a fun time. Like playing against my Leafs, of course I want the Leafs to win, but like Mario coming back um after years of being retired over 40 months. I was mad. He fucking let them up so three bad. points, he, five nothing. He they won. Destroyed them. Five nothing. They won. Yeah, and he got three points. That was really something. Um, speaking of Vancouver Olympics, I guess Vancouver Canucks have been uh, interesting. I guess to say the least. This the Canucks. The Canucks. Did you hear that uh, yeah. broadcast from Washington? How do they BC? pronounce Tockett again? Rick Tockett. Uh, Tukit. I Tukit, think. yeah. Interesting, Rick interesting hire. Bruce Rudrow, they really done done him dirty there. And, and apparently Boudreau. the explanation behind that was there's some business shenanigans going on with who's getting paid what when. But uh, That was a really bad It was look. really nice to see the fans give him a great send-off, and you, he got a little emotional. But it's really funny. They went from Bruce, there it is, to Bruce, Bruce there, he, there he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Bruce, here it is, and Bruce, yeah. there he goes. I've never seen a, a story where it's gotten leaked. Yep, they've they've agreed with Talk as their next head coach, and then like a week and a half later, we had to wait for Bruce. Like, was oh, this the yeah, last dude, one? That, is this the last one? That that I don't know how that could have. I don't know if it could have went down any worse. It re- reflects very poorly on management. And I remember singing the praises, of, you know, like, oh, they brought in Patrick Galvin and Jim Rutherford and uh, Emily Kassongi. Things are going to change here. Kassongi. Fuck, things have been really ugly for them. Yeah. I mean, giving up on your captain, you know, they signed JT Miller. They say, screw you, Bo Horvat, off you go. Like, that's a that's a move. They're One move, they're ready to win. Then the next move, they're rebuilding mm-hmm. or retooling. Then the next move, they're looking to the future with a nice long-term deal. And then the next move, they're trading away their captain. Yeah, I think this it, this season has really put it, I think, clear to them that maybe what they have to do. And it's understandable. I guess JR has been there for almost about a year now, so he's got to figure it out. I thought Talkit was a kind of an interesting coach choice. And I understand he coached under him in Pittsburgh, under Rutherford. Yeah. Um, so there's obviously a relationship there and probably was kind of his guy in the back pocket. Back pocket talk it. Not a boy. <laughs> and uh, I never <laughs> – but other than that, you look at his record. He coached in Arizona when they were shitty. Like, yeah. There's, there's not a lot to grab on there, too, if you're a Canucks fan in this situation. No, I think, if anything, it's just that maybe, you know, maybe change is good. And I think that, you know, if if this whole talk at Boudreaux thing didn't go down the way it did go down, then this whole story surrounding Bruce Boudreaux wouldn't exist, right? Like, mm. they wouldn't have that sympathy for Bruce and right. the, the teary-eyed farewell. That has literally never happened in sport. Kind of makes it a little awkward to, for Talkett to walk in to that situation. Because you got to figure he feels the same sort of way. And maybe coming into a situation like that, too, you're like, well, I trust Rutherford, but also, like, this is pretty fucked. Yeah, but you know, back pocket talk it. If he can talk it, he can walk it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought they got a good haul for Horvat, I will say. Like, that unprotected first rounder is very interesting. It is. And they, the Islanders are playoffs or bust. I don't know what the hell Lou's doing down there. They're old. <sighs> Like middling team, yeah. Maybe they think on the, you know, get hot at the right time, back of their goalie, they'll figure it out. I think Horvat and Barzal are going to do great, and it obviously important that they were able to sign him long term. I don't see him really moving the needle one way or another, but they're a team that definitely needed offense, and they've addressed that in one way. I mean, like I don't know, dude. Like the Islanders, they need help. It's probably going to be more than Horvat that's required here. No, I mean like they need help to get in. Like they're not really in control of their own destiny. Right, right. If you will. Like they have the second most games played in the league. Well, and if you're waiting for either the Rangers, Devils, or Hurricanes to falter, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. And then you got Pittsburgh and Washington. Yes, exactly, which I would give the benefit of the doubt to either one of those teams before I extend it to the Islanders. And you have Florida one point behind. That's right. Florida's still just kind of they're nipping around there. They're hanging around. They're hanging around. Okay, so all of a sudden you lose a game to Florida in regulation, Lesko, and now you're behind them. Yeah. And you're making these moves to, to try and be a, a playoff team. It's I'm telling you, I know that the East – remember how bad the East was last year in terms of like, well, that's it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's September 30th. There are some <laughs> – or sorry, yeah. October 30th, and we know exactly what's going to happen in the playoffs. This race for the wild card 
is going to be a good one. Even though there's only maybe a handful of teams yeah. involved, it's going to be a good one. It's good that there is a, a battle for the playoffs there, and that does obviously drive some intrigue and some interest uh, down the stretch. And I think you're right. In the East last year, we didn't really see much of it at all. It seemed you were in or you were out was pretty well yeah. defined. There was top on. eight and then everyone else. Yeah, Huge gap, like, like embarrassing gap between you know the final playoff position and, and the next best team. It was biblical, Lesko, how it was like, there were six teams in the East that like that were just the worst teams in the NHL, and then a couple teams out West, and it's almost like it's almost flipped on its ear a little bit with a few of the Eastern teams like Buffalo and Detroit, for example, like being able to to get back in the mix. And I, I really think the disparity between the East and West is crazy right now. Like how much better the top eight, let's say, in the Eastern conferences as opposed to the oh, top eight in the Western. It's it's a it's, it's a slam dunk. It's and you know you you see a guy like Tarasenko move from St. Louis to New York. That makes it just, even, yeah, you know, yeah, you're it just right. continues to add to it. Horvat going from Vancouver to to the Islanders, yeah. right? Like it, it's really interesting to see the disparity right now between the two conferences and even like the best teams. You, you, we always talk about the Atlantic, right? I think there was a period of time there, a short period of time, where the top three of the top five teams in the league were. Uh, Boston, Tampa, and Toronto. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So interesting, man. And of course, when Kane leaves Chicago and comes to Toronto, Toronto yeah. that'll be another one. There you go. <laughs> big talent drain. <laughs> West to East here, dude. It's so funny, man. Like uh, on the on the Kane thing, I said, look at if if we get him, it'll be really exciting. But I'll I'll still have quite a story for my grandkids in thirty five years when they ask me what it was like the last time the Leafs won a playoff <laughs> round in 2004. Won a player off and round. I, and I'll say, you know what, kids? Let me tell you a story because it all started in 2016 when we drafted a young generational-type talent named Austin Matthews, first overall. Then you and we thought it's coming. The story. And then a couple of years later, John Taveras, another generational-type talent, finally answers the call to come home to Toronto where he's from, the team he loved as a child, and captain the team. We thought it was a sure thing. And then a couple of years later, after playoff failure after playoff failure, they signed another generational-type talent named Patrick Kane, and they still couldn't get it done. <laughs> here's, here's a question. For consideration in the Leafs trading situation, and going on the assumption of what Dubas has done previously and what he's stated publicly so far is that they're not very interested in rentals. Are they looking, do you think, at someone like... They've been rumored to be interested in Timo Meyer. Do you think the fact that they probably know they're not going to be able to keep, say, Nylander or Matthews in a couple of years is factoring into this? Well, no, because... Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Timo, is a, his qualifying offer is like 10 and a half mil. Correct, yeah. So you think... William Nylander be cheaper than that to yes. maintain. Yes. And I just don't, I don't see, like I view Meyer as a rental anyways mm -hmm. because of his qualifying offer. If that didn't exist, then I guess we're talking about fair market value. And to mm -hmm. be completely honest with you, I don't know enough about Timo Meyer to put a number on him in terms of what mm -hmm. his, what his AAV yeah. should be. Very well-rounded player can score some goals, obviously, you know, I would put him like as a, uh, I don't know, we'll say like a Nylander who is a little more physical, engaged, and yeah. physical, yeah, 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 for sure. 
Um, but is he as is he is he as skilled as Willie? Yeah, though? that I couldn't speak to either. So. D- does it wash out a little bit? Now, I'm not saying we don't need that guy because we have Willie. It would be amazing to get mm-hmm. another power forward that actually uses the body. But does his physicality um, garner a higher salary cap yeah. hit versus Willie's ability to you know thread the needle and make some really really nice offensive plays? Really, what it comes down to for me is addressing the deficiency at second line left wing. I mean, it's the obvious hole. I, I like Yarncroc going in there, but like, you know, every other game, then Kerfoot's up there. Like, it's just, they it's really, vanilla. they really got to fill that space. I don't care if it's with a $2 million guy or a $6 million guy or Patrick Kane or whoever, they got, really got to <laughs> fill that hole. And my hopes is, my ultimate hope for the season is figure out the fucking power play because it's got to be clicking come playoff team. It has to be. I can't believe time. we're like sixth or seventh in the league it, in power play. It has cost them every year. Their playoff or power play has dropped off a cliff in the last at least three years in the playoffs. So why can't we call up Bruce Boudreaux and say, hey, Bruce, why don't we throw you on the payroll and you can run the power play? Because mm. guess what? Bruce Boudreaux ran the number one power play with a guy on the team who is already the all-time power play goal leading scorer and will soon be the all-time leading goal scorer. His name is Ovechkin in Washington, right? I'm not saying we have Ovechkin, but we have a very elite-level shooting player. They've got to figure it out. And I don't care if you if you put them in the blender and make two evenly units and, and instead of one dominant unit. I don't care what they do, but they have to figure it out. Right, they've got to be clipping at at least a twenty-five percent pace. I would say, going in uh, in the playoffs, like in the playoffs, we have zero. I think they have zero power play goals in the last five game sevens they've played. It's not. I know a lot of those games only had maybe one power play, but let's be honest. Like you have to convert on your opportunities. You look at Tampa, you look at Colorado teams that go deep. They're 20, 20 to 30% productivity on the power play. I know. In and the playoffs. Like I said before, I find it, I'm kind of, tr- I'm trying to find where we are in the standings in terms of uh, power play efficiency. Now, were you talking to Damian Cox? Is that where you got this idea? No. What, what idea? So the other day, I think it was, it was on Monday, the headline was, it's time for the Maple Leafs to fire oh, coach Sheldon God. Keith and bring in Bruce Brujeau. <sighs> right now, this was the, you, how long? How long do you think he's had that article written? I don't know. And then was ready just to hit send. So he, it was like finally after the, they had a shit sandwich there on Saturday against Columbus that they're like, yeah, all right, publish it now. Yeah, There's, now now's I, the time. I don't know, dude. I, I'm not even gonna give it third place. What are they? Third, fourth in the NHL? Yeah, fire the coach. I'm sure. not even gonna give it the. The, the discussion. I thought it was comical. It's, it's not a, worth the discussion. It, you know? it is a, a huge clickbait thing. And, yeah, you, know, you can't even read it anyway unless you subscribe to the damn paper. But. but, dude, the Leafs are the fourth best team in the league fire your coach. on the power play. Yeah, but that's got to translate in the playoffs for sure. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be – it could make or break a series, right? Hey – is this what I was talking to you about on one of our recent episodes about power play percentage for the actual time that you were on the power play? Like, cause sometimes if you, it, like if, if, um, if the Leafs take a penalty, uh, let's say it's the Blackhawks, the Blackhawks get a power play and then the Blackhawks take a penalty mm-hmm. four seconds in. Right. That's 0 for one. So, right. Instead of, 
So actually, like comparing a ratio to time as opposed to like the number of power. They're plays. 0 for one. Yeah, right. but they only had eight seconds. Yes, they did, they weren't you. even in the zone. Right. <laughs> like, so I wonder if net power play percentage. I see this on NHL.com page. There's power play percentage, and then there's net power play percentage. Right. Interesting. Now the net power play percentage is consistently lower by at least. It looks like at least two percent. It's it's two percent lower, mm-hmm. pretty much for every team. Uh, so I'd like to I'd like to get a little bit more information on what exactly that is because I've been I've been clamoring for that for a while now. Like I I don't want to hear that a team is you know zero for fifteen in their recent five or six hockey games. Like mm-hmm. what if what if five of those power plays were like yeah. eight is that thirty is that thirty minutes on. Exactly. Power play. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So um, a stat to more accurately reflect their productivity. Yeah. I think yeah. it would though. It absolutely would. Cause now we're talking about the actual time that they spent on the power play right. when they get those power plays, maybe they're more efficient than the other ones, obviously where they're cut in half or something like right. that. All right, we ready to wrap this thing up, bud? I think so, dude. It was a good. It was a good uh, time to get back on the airwaves here. I think we're going to be jumping back again right away uh, next week. Not in the books just yet but we've got another exciting new guest a new friend uh uh for the pucks and d podcast former pro okay do we want to give any that's all i get to know that's all we get to know <laughs> no position tendy yeah i was, we'll I was gonna that. say we'll give you that i was gonna say maybe it'd be fun to, to let the let the listeners know that we got a former pro coming on big name you all know him goalie it's going to be a good time, man. I'm really looking forward to it. So make sure you guys stick around for that. That'll be dropping next week, I believe, at some point in time. But I don't want to promise It won't be anything. in two months. I can promise you that. It will not be in two months. We will have an episode in two months, but it won't be episode... There'll be some in between. It won't be episode 105. That's right. It might be episode 106. <laughs> what are we right now? 104. It's a great. It's a weekly podcast, except for the weeks that we don't record. That's that's the definition of the show. It's the tagline of that's the show. The tagline of the show. Weekly episodes, except the weeks we don't record. It's very accurate, and not lying to anybody, right? There you go. All right, folks. Well, thanks for tuning in once again. Pucks and D podcast here. Josh Coleman, Adam Lesko. Drop us a line. How do you guys think that they can fix the All Star Game? What do you guys want, Leaf fans out there listening? Do you want Patrick Kane? Are you, do you care? Are you awake right now? Is anyone going to move the needle for you? Is anyone listening? Drop us a line at Coleman42, at Let's Go Adam, at PuckPod. You can also shoot us an email if you'd like to be a little bit more intimate. <laughs> All right. Uh, RealPuckPod at gmail.com. Shoot us a follow. Shoot us a like. It's great to be back, ladies and gentlemen. It won't be two months before we see you next time. Take it easy. Leave some Blackhawks tonight. The next time we talk, will Patrick Kane be a Leaf? Let's go. Yes or no? Kidnap him. (laughs) That didn't cost you anything. You just incriminated yourself. (laughs) All right, folks. Take it easy. Episode 104 in the books. See you next time.